And today what I want to talk to you about is how to come back from a big mistake. Would you click the share button online and share this link with someone because somebody needs this message today. How to come back from a big mistake. I, I want to begin today's message by asking some very sobering and pointed questions that I, I want you to ponder and reflect on over the next couple of moments. What do you do when you've made a horrible decision and your life is falling apart? Anybody besides me make some decisions that you regret? I know, I know I've, I've made some decisions that, that I regret. What do you do? Well, what do you do after you've made the biggest mistake of your life and you're filled with regret? You're filled with shame over that, over that horrible decision. Do you stop pursuing your dream because of it? What do you do after you stepped out in faith to, to, to make your dream happen? You just knew, you just knew you heard from God and you stepped out in faith to see that dream happen and you failed. Do you just quit? How do you respond when you've worked so hard to build a life, to build a career, to build a family, to build a reputation, and then you do something or you say something and your world comes crashing down? That's exactly where we find our Old Testament hero today. His name is Moses. He grew up in Pharaoh's home. He received the finest education in the land. He was respected amongst the Egyptians and amongst the Israelites. He was destined, his future was so bright to be a gifted leader. I mean, God's hand was on his life in a powerful way. But then Moses killed a man, fled for his life, went to Midian, and it appeared when you look at Moses' 40 years of taking care of sheep, it appeared that Moses' failure had derailed his purpose forever. It appeared that he would never become the leader that he dreamed he would become. It looked like his mistake messed up his life. The failure was final. The decision destroyed his destiny, the pain had wrecked his purpose. But Moses, what I love about the story is he made an incredible comeback. God still used Moses's life. After 40 years of waiting and taking care of sheep on the backside of the desert. The good news is this, God's purpose for Moses still came to pass. And someone needs to hear that today. You've made a big mistake. You've done some stupid things. You've done some things you regret. You've done some things that you're ashamed of. And you need to know today that your mistake may have delayed God's plan, but it will not deny God's plan if you learn how to make a comeback. I'm talking to somebody today, no no matter what you've done, I know you've blown it. I, I know you've messed up. I, I know it was, it was horrible. I, I, I know you feel like, oh man, look at where my life is. I can't believe where I'm at today. Look at how things look just around me. They look bleak. They look dim. And I just want somebody to know you can make an incredible comeback. And I want to teach you how today. All of my note takers, write this down. Let me give you two critical components to a comeback. Two critical components to a comeback. If you want to make a comeback, you need these components. Number one is this, God specializes in comebacks. 
You need to understand that your amazing God is a God of the comeback. Let's look at the story of Moses. This is 40 years after he murdered the man. And Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, picks up the story, says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. I love this. Moses still went to the mountain of God, even though he was a murderer. Listen, church, don't let your mistake, don't let your sin, don't let your mess ups keep you from the mountain of God. Don't let it keep you from the presence of God. The devil loves to shame you. The, 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 the devil loves to rub your mistakes and your failures in your face to keep you from the mountain of God. The devil wants to keep you from the presence of God. He will whisper things like this to you. You've messed up so bad. I can't even believe you came to church today. Look at what you did. You need to quit reading your Bible. Why, why would you worship? Why would you, why would you pray? Look, look at how bad you've blown it. And the devil wants to rub your mistakes in your face. And he wants to keep you from the mountain of God. He wants to keep you from the presence of God. But you have to understand this. The presence of God is so key to your comeback. No matter what you've done, no matter how much you've messed up, no matter how much you've blown it, keep coming to church, keep reading your Bible, keep praying, keep worshiping, because the presence of God is key to your comeback. Let's look at verse 2, Exodus 3, verse 2 says, that there, there at the mountain of God, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. It's been 40 years since Moses killed the man. He's a lowly shepherd in Midian. And as you read the story, it's been 40 years and there's no record of God speaking to Moses during that 40 year period. God was silent for 40 years. There was no sign that God was still with Moses. There, there, there was not a glimmer of hope that Moses would ever see his dream of being a leader come to pass. I mean, it was, it was silence. It was God, where are you? And Moses had given up on his purpose. He was just going to take care of the sheep the rest of his life. And then one day on the mountain of God, a burning bush that would not burn up. And, and Moses met with God. He had an encounter with God. Can I tell you, God knew exactly where Moses was. And then the scripture says that God spoke to Moses in the burning bush. It said, Moses, Moses. I can only imagine what Moses is thinking. What? You know where I am? It's been 40 years. I'm the murderer. I'm the one that's messed up, and you still know my name? Moses, Moses, this is music to my ears. Moses started singing, say my name, say my name. I mean, it was a moment. It was a moment. God knows where I am. God knows my name. 
And I want somebody here to know that you've blown it and you messed up. You've blown it big time. But God has not forgotten about you. God knows right where you are. God knows your name. He sees you in your obscurity. He sees you in your failure. He sees you in your brokenness with your shame and isolation and heartache, confusion and pain. God sees you. He knows where you are and he knows your name. And the good news is this. Since God knows your name and he knows right where you are, failure is not final. With God, failure is never final. Failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of success. Listen, God does not want to replace you because of your failure. He wants to restore you. Your mistake doesn't have to disqualify you. God wants to use it to develop you because God is such a good God. He's a God of a second chance. He's a God of a third chance. He's a God of a fourth chance. He's a God of a hundredth chance. That's the kind of God we serve. He specializes in comebacks. He did it for Moses. He did it for Abraham after he slept with Hagar. He did it for David after an affair, and then he had Bathsheba's husband killed. He did it for Jacob, who was a liar and a a deceiver. He did it for Rahab, the prostitute. He did it for Samson after he told Delilah the secret of his strength. He did it for Peter after he denied Jesus three times, and he will do it for you because God is a God of a comeback. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 says this, repent. In other words, turn from your sin then and turn to God. Listen, when you've messed up, repent and then turn to God. Keep coming to the mountain of God. Keep coming to the presence of God. Why? So that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And I believe that's what God wants to do for you today. Repent. Turn to God. Keep coming to church. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Keep worshiping. And God's going to give you a comeback. Times of refreshing are coming your way because God specializes in comebacks. Let me give you the second critical component to a comeback. Number two is this. You need to encounter the presence of God. Encounter the presence of God. Let's look back in the story. Exodus 3 verse 3 says, so Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that, that, that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. Church, Moses personally encountered God at this burning bush. You see, to make a comeback, you need to personally encounter the presence of God. You can't make a comeback off of somebody else's encounter with God. You need to experience God's presence for yourself. Some of you have experienced church, but you haven't experienced God's presence. You've experienced religion. You've experienced organizations. You've experienced people, but you've never experienced God's presence. And if you're going to make a comeback, you got to experience Jesus for yourself. You can't make a comeback off of somebody else's experience with God. You can't make a comeback off of somebody else's prayer life, off of somebody else's worship, off of somebody else's faith. Listen, you gotta have your own encounter with God and at this burning bush Moses encounters God for himself. You see church, one of the critical components, write this down, write this down, write this down, one of the critical components components 
to Moses' comeback was his response to God's presence. This is key. His response to God's presence. This is so easy to overlook. I, I, I've kind of overlooked this for years. And I, as I was studying for this message, it just hit me so fresh. Moses saw the burning bush, and it would not burn up. And the scripture says this, it points this out for us, that he went to the burning bush. He went closer. He went towards God's presence. He responded to the burning bush. And scripture points this out. And it says God took notice. It says God, when he saw Moses responding to his presence, scripture says when the Lord, when the Lord saw, he came close and, and when Moses responded to God's presence, it was, that, it was then that God said, Moses, Moses. He called him by name. Responding to God's presence is key to a comeback. Church, you have to respond to God's presence. Let me show you a little bit more here. Exodus chapter 3, the very next verse, verse 5. It says, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And Moses responded again to God's presence and, and to the voice of the Lord, and he took off his sandals in the presence of God. He responded to God's presence. Listen, the presence of God is holy, and it demands a response. In people's church, to come back, you need to learn to respond to God's presence. And sometimes responding to God's presence means to take off something, take off your sandals. It's holy ground. Take off your sin. To take off your lying. Take off your jealousy. Take off your pride. Take off your greed. Take off your hatred. You're in the presence of the Lord. Take off your pornography. Take off your cussing. In the presence of the Lord, you got you to take off some things. In his you got to respond to the presence of the Lord. But you don't just take off some stuff. When you're in God's presence, you also respond in various ways to the presence of the Lord. And I want you to understand this. If you want to make a comeback, you need to encounter. God's presence and you need to respond to God's presence let me give you some biblical responses to God's presence standing in God's presence is a biblical response Exodus chapter 33 verse 10 whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent they all stood and worshiped each at the entrance to their tent because God's presence demands a response. And one of the ways that we respond if we're, if we're able to is we stand and we worship God in his presence. Singing in God's presence is a response. Psalm chapter 33 verse 3 says, sing to him a new song. Listen, at church, we're not putting on a concert. Come on, you're here to sing, to worship. You say, Pastor, I don't have a good voice. That's okay. It's still worship to the Lord. You don't want me to sing either, but I do in my seat because it's worship to the Lord. It's the way we respond to his presence. Sing him a new song. Play skillfully. We, we worship with instruments. A, a shout for joy. It says, in God's presence, sing. It says, play instruments. It says, shout in his presence because God's presence demands a response. Clapping in God's presence. Psalm 47, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands. All, oh, come on, every location. Shout all. All you peoples. Shout to God with the voice 
of triumph. Well, pastor, that's for people that are easily excited. That's for people that are emotional. No, it's a, it's a way we respond to God. It's by clapping. It's by shouting. I'm wondering today if I got a church that will respond to God's presence today. Come on, every location, would you clap? Would you shout? Come on, would you worship God? Come on, God is worthy. We respond to your presence. We respond to your goodness. You are great, God. Come on, Midwest City. Come on, Northwest. Come on, Mabel Bassett. Come on, Indianapolis. Come on, online. He's worthy. He's worthy. His presence demands a response. Dancing in God's presence. Psalm chapter 149 and verse 3. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with the timbrel and harp. And Man, sometimes you just dance in the presence of the Lord. His presence demands a response. Kneeling in the God's presence. Psalm 95 verse 6. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. His presence demands a response. Lifting your hands in God's presence. Psalm chapter 134, verse 2. Lift your hands in the sanctuary in God's house, the church house, and praise the Lord. Every Sunday, when you come to church, you should respond to God's presence by lifting your hands, singing the songs, lifting your hands. I don't dance every Sunday because I'm 47 and I get tired and I still got to preach. So, but I lift my hands every Sunday, whether I feel like it or not because he's worthy of my praise, and I magnify him. Psalm 63, verse 4, I praise you as long as I live, and in your name I lift up my hands. His presence demands a response. Moses, Moses saw the burning bush. He responded to the presence of the Lord, and he went closer. And as he got closer, the Lord said, the Lord said, take off your sandals. It's holy ground. Moses took off his sandals because, listen, if you want to make a comeback, you need to encounter God's presence, and you need to respond to God's presence. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Let me teach you for a moment. Number one. Responding to the presence of God will reveal God's character to you when you need it most. Let's look back in the story. Exodus chapter 3 verse 6 says, Then he said, I am the God your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I am concerned about their suffering. I want you to catch this. It's been 40 years of silence. Moses has blown it big time. The presence of God, and Moses responded to the presence of God. And, and in this bush, in this encounter with God, God speaks to Moses and lets Moses know his character. Moses still understands something. I am your God. I'm still God. I'm still in control. He says, let me remind you of something, Moses. I'm still the God of Abraham, Isaac. And I know it's been silent. I know you haven't seen me do anything, but I'm still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, I care about my people. He said, I see their misery. He said, I'm concerned about them. When Moses needed it most, God revealed his character to him in this burning bush experience. And some of you need to encounter God's presence because you need to know 
God's character. You need to know how much God loves you, how much he's for you, how much he cares about you. And I know some of you, you're thinking right now, oh, you don't understand what I've been through. It's a hard season. I've been through so much. It's difficult. My failures, my mistakes, they're overwhelming me. And you need to encounter God's presence so that you know his character, that God is still holy and he's perfect and he's still in control and he's still sovereign and he still loves you and he still cares about you. First Peter chapter five and verse number seven, it says, casting all your care upon him. For he cares for you. Would you hear that today, Moses? I know you made your mistake, but he cares for you. I know you've blown it, but he cares for you. You can take all your junk and all the misery and all the pain to him because he cares for you. This cannot just be head knowledge. You got to have this as heart knowledge. You got to encounter the presence of the Lord that you know his character after you've blown it big time. He's still a God of the second chance. He still loves me and he cares for me. And number two, Responding to the presence of God will help you discover God's plan. Help you discover God's plan. Notice this in Exodus 3, that next verse, verse 8. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And I want you to catch this. In the presence of God, God revealed his plan to Moses, I'm going to rescue my people. I'm going to bring them up out of that slavery into a good land. I mean, he, God, God showed him his, his plan. And some of you desperately, you need God's plan. You've made mistakes. You've blown, you need to know the plan of God. Church family, please don't miss 21 days of prayer. I'm actually begging you, don't. Be here as much as you can. Pastor, why are you saying that? Because I know how desperately we need the presence of God. I know for some of us, our response to God's presence and to his voice, God's speaking to some of you right now. You're like, mm, I feel that, Lord. But tomorrow, about five, you'll be like, no, Jesus, I'm going to stay in the bed. Don't do that. Like it's in his presence where you can get God's plan and you seek his face. I mean, it's in his presence that you take off your sandals and holy ground. You respond to him at the mountain of God. It's in his, God wants to give you his plan for your marriage, his plan for your kids, his plan for your dating. He wants to give you his plan for your career, his plan for that business. He wants to give you that plan for your schooling. He wants to give you that plan for your, for your future. God wants to reveal his plan to you, but it happens in his presence. In January of this year, we had our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we always come as a family. Since my kids were little, we, we, we've always, our kids have always participated. And they come to prayer and they're here at 6 a.m. And they're seeking the face of God. When it's fasting time, they always fast something and seek the face of God. And, and this past January, it touched this daddy's heart because two of my children, they were seeking the face of God, encountering God's presence. I asked them after the end of prayer and fasting, I said, what did God speak to you? And two of them said, God called me into ministry. I'm supposed to be a preacher, a minister of the gospel. 
It ha- God, God gave them his plan for their future, but it happened in his presence. God will give you his plan in his presence. There's a third, there's a third, there's a third. Responding to the presence of God will give you direction. So, so first he gives Moses his plan, but then notice the direction, Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses, in the presence of God, he responded, and then God gave Moses clear direction for the next season of his life. And what some of you need right now is clear direction from God for the next season of your life. You're in limbo. You're not quite sure what to do. Is it God? Is it the flesh? Is it the devil? Do I do I go or do I stay? Do I marry the person? Do I not marry them? Do I take the job? Do I not take the job? Do I take the promotion? Do I not take the promotion? Do I buy the house? Do I not buy the house? Do, do I go to that college? Do I not go to that college? Do I tell my spouse about this? situation or do I not tell my spouse about this situation? Do I close the business deal? Do I not close the business deal? Do I start the ministry? Do I not start the ministry? God wants to give you direction. It's in his presence. He wants to give you direction. Church, I can't overemphasize the importance of 6 a.m. prayer. God is not playing hide and seek with you about his will. If you don't know you just got to get closer. I, no matter how bad you've blown it, no matter what you've done, God wants to give you direction for your life. I, I could just give you story after story in my own life of God doing this. I think back to my freshman year of college in the state of Arkansas playing college football on a scholarship. And I started to feel this stirring in my heart over Christmas break that perhaps God was calling me into full-time ministry. One of my relatives began to speak to me, Herbert, I believe God's calling you into full-time ministry. And that second semester, I began to pray, I began to fast, I began to seek God. I just pressed into God. And God spoke to me. He gave me direction. And he told me to leave my football scholarship and to pursue a biblical studies degree. At the time, I was majoring in communications. My dream was to be on ESPN as a broadcaster. Come on, y'all hear this broadcasting voice now? (laughs) That was my dream. But God spoke to me and gave me direction, so I left my full football scholarship. I went to Oral Roberts University for one semester, and I was there for one semester. I had a scholarship at the other university. At this university, I had no scholarship, so I started to pay those outrageous school bills, and I thought, the devil is a liar. And so... I asked someone at the school, do you know of a Christian university where I can get a biblical studies degree and play football and get it paid for? They said, yeah, there's a school I heard of called Evangel in Springfield, Missouri. And so I contacted my high school coach. He sent, he sent my film there to Evangel. They called me up and said, hey, we want to give you a tryout. I went there and I tried out and then they offered me a full football scholarship. And, and, and that this, it's history. I, I think about this. If I wouldn't have followed God's direction, I would have never met Tiffany at Evangel. How God worked 
because I heard his voice in his presence and I met my wife. I would have never met Pastor Scotty and Casey Gibbons, our, our lead pastors. I would have never met them if it wasn't for the encounter in God's presence because they were living in Springfield. They were youth pastors at a church. I think about the domino effect of me getting in God's presence and hearing the voice of God. And some of you need direction from the Lord and God wants to give you direction, encounter his presence and respond to his presence. Number four is this, number four, here's why you got to respond to God's presence. Because responding to the presence of God will give you confidence to move forward. Notice this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I mean, who am I? I, I I've sinned. I, I, I'm a murderer. I'm not qualified. I've messed up too much. I mean, Moses has lost his confidence. His massive failure has robbed him of his confidence. I can't go, God. Verse 12, and God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain, the mountain of God, Horeb. You will worship me here. Moses did not think he could move forward. God showed him his plan. He gave him the next step. But Moses' mistake was weighing him down. Lost his confidence, insecure. But in God's presence, he wrestled with God. She continued to read, he wrestled with God. But it was in his presence that he got the confidence to go back to Egypt and to do what God called him to do. And some of you, you're gonna get God's plan some of you may even have a next step, but you've lost your confidence because of your sin, because of your mistake. Can I really lead that small group? Can I really serve on the dream team? Can God really use me at my workplace? Can God really use me at my school? It's in his presence where you get confidence to step out and to do what God has called you to do. Respond to his presence, encounter his presence because your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. Listen, your failure, it, you messed up, but it will not stop the plan and purposes of God. You can come back from your mistake because God specializes in comebacks. You can encounter God's presence. You can respond to God's presence and you can do what God has called you to do.